Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast, where we talk about books. A book, specifically, this time. Hi, I'm Peter Schaefer, uh, and with me today are Nick. Hey, it's Nick. Katie. Super uncomfortable with Nick's intro. (laughs) Rachel. Hello. And Dan Evanson. Hello. It's me, Dan. Okay, thank you. I was like, oh my God, everybody but Rachel fucked up. We're good, though. We're good. It's fine. It's fine. Wait, how did, how did I fuck up? I just assumed you did. Oh, that's fine. Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> Coming for the throat today. <laughs> so. We, we're all being, we're all mean to each other. That's the true sign of friendship. We're not mean. We're spicy. Picante. Like Seinfeld or the all, <laughs> all the other Seinfelds. <laughs> oh, what? How many Seinfelds? <laughs> what does that mean? You know, the funny Seinfelds and the family Seinfelds and the. Are you, you okay? Know. This is not me. Do you sm- Can you smell toast right now, Dan? <laughs> I mean, yes, but <laughs> just the laugh. <laughs> oh, we're off to a rocky start, guys. Oh, man, we are. This is going to be a kick. Hopefully it will be as entertaining to the audience as it is awkward and difficult for us. So uh, we are here to talk about this time epic fantasy. Uh, we all read the same book that was inspired by the theme of epic fantasy. And what exactly is epic fantasy. So I once heard uh, epic fantasy defined as fantasy that has the fate of the world at stake. High fantasy would be uh, fantasy with the fate of like a nation at stake. And then kind of sword and sandal, or that's not quite the right term, but uh, personal fantasy, heroic fantasy is where it's, it's really just the, the fate of a person or some people at stake. Um, what does everyone think about that? I didn't know those terms were on a totem pole. Like well, that. this was, this was expressed <laughs> to me by a, a one-time head of publishing. Um, but, but whether or not that's definitive, like I'm not going to stake that claim. I think the like epic in that not nomenclature is more outdated and used more of a catch-all term nowadays. Mm. Like epic, epic, and high fantasy, because like there's low fantasy, high fantasy, but those are not used as much anymore. We have much more niche, like uh, progression fantasy. Um, That's true. We do. We do kind of have like extra specific subgenres these days, don't we? Mm. Yeah. Um, Although I I would say that more for science fiction than I would for fantasy. I think people still tend to lump fantasy in mostly together. Like I almost said earlier, Sword and Sandal is kind of Conan sort of stuff. Well, that's uh, interesting because I I, I sort pretty much all sci-fi together, like in my brain. That's because I read so little of it. I do the same thing because I don't don't read it. So it's just like, oh, that's just that sci-fi thing that nobody cares about 
Wow. I see. Where I where I think of like military sci-fi or space opera or cyberpunk or you know near future post-apocalyptic, you know, blah 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 blah. Hard sci-fi. Yeah, hard sci-fi. Yeah. Now, which one has the spaceships? All of them. <laughs> Whoopsie! We're here to talk about fantasy. I feel like for epic fantasy, it has to be like a brick of a book. Okay, you know? well, that, book I we think, read to today me, certainly qualifies. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's certainly a term of scale, right? I, mm. I, I agree with the definition you you put forth at the beginning. Um, yes, of like the fate of the yeah. world at stake. Mm-hmm. I think that that pretty accurately summarizes what I think of at least. But um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, I, the part that really threw me off was the high fantasy, because I always thought of high sure. fantasy and low fantasy as a definition of like magic systems. Sure. That's what and... I always thought too. Like the setting. Yeah. Is so the it, setting it... is it like a fantasy world? Is everything like? Do they have dogs or do they have like giant lizards on leashes? Right. So, you, so high fantasy then would be lizards on leashes and low fantasy would be dogs? Yeah, closer to reality. Right. That's interesting. It's, I, I kind of like that. It. I kind of like that as a, as a scale, as a, as a spectrum of alienness towards what well, we experience or what we're familiar with. Well, the, the F-bomb favorite series that I keep bringing up, um, A Dagger and a Coin, it's very epic, but it's lo- on the lower scale. Yeah, absolutely. I would call I mean, it's a lower magic setting. Um, I mean, except that there's like 13 different races. Right, except for that. uh, (laughs) And and the dragon that appears in like book three? Spoilers! Um, It's called the... The first book's called A Dragon's Path. Yeah, but that is a... That's a metaphor, though. (laughs) Who cares? I, I, I don't know like ghost talkers as maybe an example of something that's like low fantasy but also it's sort of epic in scale i mean like it's a world war you know well you know i think i think it's a very personal story set against an epic backdrop but sure, the, sure. The, it, it, it itself maybe isn't was not an epic i think if you yeah. called if you handed this that book to someone ghost talkers which was a great book if you hand it to someone and say Enjoy this epic fantasy. I think they'll be <laughs> yeah, that would probably throw them off a bit. <laughs> um, like there's Cradle, which is they're not long books, but there's going to be twelve of them, and they're pretty epic. By the end, it gets pretty epic. Why do you, do you think so, Dan? Even the first book, I think, has because it has that sort of um. Well, it turns into a space opera for like two hours. For <laughs> yeah, it it has an aspect to the plot that reaches beyond the world and the people that are in it. Like, a, and there's a whole sub story that takes place like in another dimension, and crazy stuffs happening that influences the regular story. So yeah, I think it definitely has epic elements. Yeah, but um, so would you consider like the series as a whole epic, and then like each individual one? Not um, epic. Well, each trilogy, uh, like Cradle, is kind of written in trilogies. Um, like there's a rising and falling arc, so it kind of gets more and more epic as the world expands for Cradle. 
yeah, I don't know. Cradle, Cradle like intentionally spans several genres, I think. Yeah. You know? Well, and and series often tend to grow increasingly epic as the series progresses. They have a need in each book or in generally over the series to kind of step up the scale of the threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there is the uh, indie book that's currently a Spiffbo finalist. I yeah, it might, th- this competition might be over by the time this episode comes out, but I don't remember. Um, called Small Miracles. And it's literally just like this or a uh, fallen angel trying to tempt people into like, uh, this one person into sin and like like small sins like eat this chocolate and get one fourth of a sin and that's not epic <laughs> oh so my very, gosh very personal yeah it's you should read it it's fun <laughs> it's like they have like little footnotes it's like so and so got this much sin for doing this <laughs> okay that is hilarious um, and eating chocolate is counts as a fourth of a sin, and the main character is very annoyed about it because uh, they're like, "But chocolate." Yeah, I don't like that. I would be swimming in sin. I eat a lot of chocolate. <laughs> um, yeah, go read so, it. It's good. Def- I'll check it out. All right. So, but I think we can all agree. Two commonalities here, right? Oh yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. The two commonalities I'm seeing are both, um, you know, epic in terms of its scale, in terms of the threat. And Mm, I think also just, yeah. And I think also just the fact that it tends to be longer, bigger books, multiple Mm. characters. Um, It's not opposite of a personal story as Peter was putting it earlier. Yeah, like uh, there's the Iron Prince, which is a really big book, but it's very personal to the characters, and the character motivation is very slice of life. So I wouldn't hmm. call it epic yet. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's yeah, and that's much... not to say that an epic fantasy book can't focus on characters, because certainly uh, this this book and series do uh, focus in on characters. Sure um for example but uh but yeah like just the overall subject of the book or series is is sweeping large yeah Yeah. it's more it's like more based on the character motivations is it and stuff like that yes all right anything anything else to say about epic fantasy versus whatever is not epic fantasy what tropes (laughs) do you associate with epic fantasy I mean, there's just how would you list them? I don't know. Chosen one, I think, is the first yeah. one that comes to mind. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because at least for me, I've the tropes help me define what type of subgenre it would be in fantasy, like in uh, like progression. If if it's um, more westernized progression, it'll be different than traditional uh, cultivation. Um, I guess like um. Another trope I see a lot is like never ending battle between good and evil kind of thing. Yeah, let's jump in. So the book that we read is The Eye of the World by Robert Jordan, published in 1990. Um, It's the first book in the well, well, well known and highly discussed Wheel of Time series. Never heard of it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm dismissed, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we're done here.
Um, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. What book did you read then? What do you? She <laughs> <laughs> read uh, Empire of the Vampire. Uh, <laughs> she read The Pie of the World. It's it's about a bunch of Garfield really cartoons. Big... That's what I can. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, she read about Monday. <laughs> she read about a wolf boy. Hell yeah, I did. God, that he annoyed me. So Wolf much. Boy Meets World. <laughs> anyway. Right. Anyway. Okay, so... I also read The Eye of the World. I was just joking. My oh my gosh, I had no idea. <laughs> I was fooled. You I had got you. Me you got me. Oh, oh my. You got me. So um why did you just go New York? Because I wanted to. You can't stop me. It's whatever I do. Please stop. Okay. So there. <laughs> um, so uh, I've read this book multiple times. Don't take that as an unequivocal recommendation. But uh, so I'd like to kind of step back and hear what other people f thought about this book. Is this because I think. For which of you is this your first time reading the book? It's me. I Rachel. said I would never read it, and I was forced to. <laughs> yes. Um, for which I bear no apology, but all the <laughs> responsibility. Um, Katie, this is your first time? Nope. This is like really? my third or fourth. However, okay. I do have a question, like right off the bat, for Ooh, Rachel. That's... Yes? What is the eye of the world? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the lake thing. It's been yeah. a while. I mean, she's right. That's it's the 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 pool at the at the place that they go at the end of the book. The green area. Yeah. Yeah, even reading the book, it's not entirely clear though. I've read this just... book three or four fucking times and I'm still not sure what exactly it is. It's so it's, yeah, it's, it's, listen. It's, it's, this book is now a major. It's a major television series. It's been out for thirty fucking years. It, it's full spoilers right from the start, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Bella okay. dies. <laughs> <laughs> Not spoilers past book one. I've only read book one. <laughs> That's okay because she's lying. Right. <laughs> she's making shit up. Yeah, I've Bella, only made it to book four. Is actually, what happens? So. Uh, <laughs> Bella right. was a horcrux so, all along. <laughs> <laughs> That's some deep meta shit, man. Uh, Bella so was I read this book. When did it come out? Uh, 1990. 1990. Very good year. I think I read it in, <laughs> it was in college, so it had to be, it was probably 1999. And I I think there were five books out at the time. I forget. Not not all of them. So then every time a book came out after that, I read I read all the books again. So I, I definitely read this book. did that for a while. Yeah, I definitely have read this book at least twelve or thirteen times. I think. Let's That's see. insane. That's it, actually. I don't feel great lot. about it. But. <laughs> so uh, in 1998, in 1999, there were eight books out. Oh, okay. All right. According to the internet. 
And yeah, I, this is like bit, the huh? first, I think the first big fantasy series other than Lord of the Rings that I ever read. I was like almost exclusively a sci-fi person until my mom handed me this book. I mean, I, I will shamefully admit that I read the heck out of the Xanth books when I was a teenager, um, of which there are more. There are more Xanth books than there are Wheel of Time books, but they are all shorter. Um, but yeah, no, I had a similar thing. I was out shopping for colleges, visiting places. Um, and we, my mom and I stayed with an old friend of hers from her college days during one of our, our trips. And, um, and her, her friend said, Oh, you like fantasy books? Have you read these? And I hadn't. And she promptly said, my kids call them my bricks and, (laughs) and shoved, I think six or seven books into my suitcase because she was done with them. I guess I hadn't quite put all that together at the time, but, um, uh, yeah, she's the one who got me stuck in this series. Um, and I like Dan read them. Uh, and then when a new book came out, reread them and added the new book at the end and did that a couple times. And I think I stopped reading them around book 10. I think I borrowed book 11 from the library and then I was just about done. And then this year, this past year, no last year, I don't know what time any time is anymore, but the, the Amazon series came out and I watched it and it reignited this nostalgia in me. And I went and reread the entire series start to the finish, which I'd never read before. And so I'm done. I don't think I ever need to pick up any of these books again. (laughs) You're going to read new spring. I've read New Spring, but I, I okay. didn't reread it multiple times. You know, I, I also, I mean, heck, I had the uh, the Wheel of Time Atlas um, that you know was put out with art and encyclopedia entries or something. Because mm-hmm. why not? That's pretty cool. Aragon. Aragon. <laughs> when I was a kid, we were talking about nostalgia, and I was like, Aragon. Oh. Yeah, Ar- Aragon is basically like the Wheel of Time for kids, from what I remember of the first book. It, it's, it's actually the, it's not Wheel of Time. It's um, what's that? The Belgaria. The Belgariad, yeah. Yeah, I don't know it. I don't know that one. That's it's by oh, what's his name? David. David. David so, Eddings. Eddings. Yeah, yeah, Eddings. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to read from him, but. But, um, yeah, yeah, those those are I mean, I could go on about those books too, but let's not. We're talking about The Eye of the World by Robert Jordan hey, published in 1990. Hey, yeah, I think I, I, we were just talking about the fantasy books. I was like, Aragon because I am tired. If you can't not tell. Anyways, <laughs> um it's let's fine. The Eye of the World was fine. So, it's Are you going to read the next one? I'm going to have to because I joined a wheel of time along. Oh no. <laughs> I know. Okay, but so at at some point Rachel in the middle of this process you texted me or us or something and said, "Peter, I don't think I hate this book." And I'm curious what prompted that. 
Um, it because it was so easy to read, and I thought it was just going to be boring and really descriptive. I mean, it was descriptive, but I either tuned that out or didn't care. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, I did get annoyed at certain characters. Also, uh, yeah, yeah. Which ones? I, the one you're supposed to get annoyed at. I forgot her name. Nineveh. Nineveh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's one of those ones that like you will love her more than anybody else by the end, kind of thing. I feel eh. like I, I've she's grown on me. I a feel lot. that way. Yep, me too. But I, I hated the hell out of her at the beginning. I hated the hell out of her. I think she's supposed to really be like that, but um, yeah. And Perrin, because he wouldn't accept being a wolf, I'm like, um, that is yeah. so cool. No, <laughs> just be a wolf, man. I don't just know. Just be a wolf, man. <laughs> oh man! Uh, I mean, P- Perrin has some of the worst segments. Uh, I, I like was... this segment. Let's let's just have Rachel tell us about each and every character. Let's. Do oh this. yeah, let's keep going. What do you feel yeah. about Matt? How's Matt? Matt was the only character that had personality, even though he was a little yeah. shit. But it was the I... only character with the personality. <laughs> I love Matt, but he like doesn't really do anything until like book like four or something. I feel like I. <sighs> No, you know no, I mean? no. Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean, but I love Matt because I, love I think him, it's yeah. I love Matt. I think it's is it book two where he is in the yeah, it is. Okay. Where he um like wakes up having been separated from the cursed dagger and really? he's like super hungry. Sorry. Oh yeah, and he's just eating everything in sight. Yeah, he just eats everything, and he's recovering. And they keep telling him like, "You can't leave." And he's like, "Yeah, fine." And then he goes down and um, and uh, beats up uh, Galad um, with a quarter staff. Mm-hmm. And then he starts, you know, like then he's like, "I'm out of here," and he can he gets out, and he just starts, and he just has super luck. And he's just like, he wants his freedom and he chases it. And I love him for it. Yeah. Again, he's the one he that's was... like, hey, everybody, what if we moved the plot along? And everyone's like, no, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> These are dark and evil thoughts you have. Yeah. Uh, Rand, he's just a self insert character. He is milk, milk, milk toast farm boy. Rand's, weird Rand's because... problem in this book is that he. Um, he has a secret that is so not a secret <laughs> to the reader and just like again another character who just like to the reader it's super obvious what's going on with him and uh, he just does not want to like admit it or engage with it and I guess it's tough because you know we exist in a culture that for like a century has had superheroes in it and having cool powers and stuff is awesome and not like, Oh shit, I'm a witch and they're going to, everyone's going to murder me when they find out, you know? Yeah. Um, I did get super annoyed with naive because she keeps like calling them. So (laughs) she keeps calling them boys and like emphasizing them. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was weird. I well, think are... that's to make herself 14, feel older too. 
Aren't they supposed to be like 16 or something? I thought they it were like straight. 16, which it was like, oh, and they yeah. act, but they acted more like. But yeah, it's important to remember that Nanive is very young as well, but she yeah. is. She's like a, 20 or something. I don't know. Right. But but in the village, she was this older figurehead. I know, yes. but it was, but it's the same thing of like men calling women girls. It's creepy. Oh, and yeah, that, I think the whole series kind of does. <laughs> oh, oh, the, I mean, the, yeah, the whole series has it's the whole has that's the whole gender, women being like gender men issues and men being like women. The right. whole fucking series. Men are that's dumb and women are mysterious, and you can't understand them. Right, and <laughs> and but oh, ultimately, boy. that's kind of the point of the series is to like tell you the reader like. Look how stupid all of these people are being because they refuse to communicate with people outside of their gender. Yeah. I mean, I don't actually believe that that was the point, but I think that is a such a prominent theme. I don't know how you cannot think that like it is. No, 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 no. I don't I I don't think that that's I don't think that that's the message that the author intended. I think that's a a very reasonable message message to uh, derive from it. But I don't think that was intended. I don't. Yeah. Anyways, I, I just found. I'm pretty sure in later books, it is it is part of the conversation that like people look back and go, "Oh, you knew this, and I knew this. If only we had talked to each other and done it." And then they were both like, "But that would have never happened because you're a man and I'm a lady, and uh, never the twain shall meet." <laughs> <laughs> and there yeah. was and there's points in this book where it was trying not to be it was trying so hard not to be sexist it turned to be sexist for some reason i can't remember exactly it was particularly- I, I don't i don't remember this book ever trying not to be well, sexist. There are, there are parts where like male characters will rebuke the most misogynistic characters but in a uh kind of condescending way that then like that character will go on to like pat a lady on the head and be like off with you to your sewing circle young lady we'll get about the managing of this village uh you know there's that kind of stuff yeah i i I don't think my impression at least so far granted i'm not done with the book series or anything but my impression from what i've read and from just conversations i've had with other people about the series is a lot of that stuff is there intentionally and to make the opposite point okay if that makes sense like it's meant to be apparent to the reader that these people are being like idiots it wasn't that it was like it was like trying to say like these women are empowered but it ended up being sexist yeah i'm at a weird point in the series where I won't spoil anything here, but like you kind of notice at the beginning of the series that it is um there are a lot more women in positions of power than than men, I think. At the beginning, mm-hmm. like you have like the there's a there's a queen and you have the um all of the uh the I'm I don't know why I'm forgetting the term right now. Aes Sedai. The Aes Sedai, Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> And the point I'm at in the book now is, like, the Aes Sedai and the Queen are at a much lower position, and now you have Rand mm-hmm. and a bunch of men that he's gathering are in a much more powerful position. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure where it goes from there, but it's just the, 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 the way he's always trying to juxtapose men and women and the way that they're 
magic system works, um, where the men have a certain magic that they can tap into and women have a different one. And it's just, it's, it's really interesting. I'm not sure where it's going to go though. What so book are you really in? Speak to. I think I'm on, I think about halfway. So like seven, I think I finished book six. Lords of chaos. I think, I think yeah. Lord of chaos was the last one I read. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I might confirmed. just be, I just might be missing it, but yeah, I feel like a whole lot of nothing happened in this book. Oh, just wait. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's ironically, I think the part that I found most fascinating when I first read this was how, um, kind of like normal and like just baseline it was in a lot of ways. Like it's very much just like chosen one, like the the series as a whole, like chosen one, magic sword, evil darkness. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, I was expecting this to be like something that was uh, completely different because everybody talks about it all the time. And in reality, it's just kind of like, I guess the, epitome of what we think of when we think of no, epic I, fantasy. I agree. I think it's, I don't think it's a groundbreaker. I think it's a skillful uh, representation of the generic of the art. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying a whole lot of nothing is bad. I enjoyed some of the parts. It's just. No, that's, that's fair. Right. I, I think, I think you're not wrong. The book is a little, scattered and i actually mean that positively like it wanders a bit in the middle and it lets us follow the characters kind of meandering we've you know uh the characters all get separated which of course is reminiscent of the two towers when the fellowship of the ring gets mm-hmm. separated um and uh rand our pro- main protagonist kind of you know tasteless uh bland and matt uh, everyone's favorite get separated off together and egwene and perrin go off together and nynaeve goes off with the magic lady moraine and lan and you just see so everyone gets separated and they wander around and they go to different places and encounter different people and then they end up finally coming back together and so yeah it's it meanders a bit but i don't mind the meandering in this book there are definitely books where I mind the meandering. I mean, uh, I mean, I could reference some of the books in the middle of this series, but I could also, I think, possibly more familiar to more people is uh, the last book of the Harry Potter series, where the main characters spend half the book being grumpy in a forest. <laughs> I, I think what works so well about the wheel of time series and the meandering is that robert jordan does a excellent job of splitting up the characters in such a way that they are with different people each book you have different mm. pairs being paired up each time and um so like you said uh rand like, and matt like, or, or like Egwene a good example and is like yeah, Egwene and Perrin, like, when the hell do they ever see each other again for, like, <laughs> five or six books? You know what I mean? Oh, like, so, uh, You're right, yeah. So every time they pair people up, like, you get a unique combination of characters and how they react to each other. 
No, no, you're right. That's that clever. Way. That's clever. It's 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 like I'm reminded of. I don't play a lot of the Dragon Age games, but I I recall that they did enough programming so that if you have different companions in your party, they'll say different things to each other and reveal oh, different funny. parts of their personalities. Um, so I'm reminded a little bit of that, and I think, yeah, that's probably you know good planning on the author's part. And there's always, and it doesn't feel forced. Like the characters typically feel like they have. Well, I shouldn't say it never feels forced because sometimes it definitely does. But the tip, the characters typically have a pretty good reason for splitting off the way they do. Yeah. Um, although sometimes that reason is just Rand is pulling me because he's yes. a Tavirin, and that's so right. More. <laughs> that's right. Sometimes, oh my goodness. Yeah, I, yeah, I just I'm pulled by fate. Yeah, Matt is just always complaining. Rand. <laughs> yeah, that's just like all he does. Yes, oh, blood and bloody ashes, Rand. I have no choice but to ah, uh, nothing. This won't get better until I go see Rand. By the dark one, blah. Yeah, damn, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, auditioning for the for the new role of Matt. Well, Katie. Yeah, that's me. I know. I know who you are. Um, you, what do you have thoughts about this book? Um, Say things now. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Uh, I thought it was cute when the boys were always all like, I wish other guy was here. He knows all about girls. And oh, then you yeah. switch to that character, and then he says the same thing about the other guy. And I'm just like, you boys are so cute. You have no idea. what. Nobody knows what they're doing. It's adorable. Yeah, they don't nope. stop. That keeps going. <laughs> it never fucking stops. It never stops. Even, even well, I don't want to. I mean, no. Literally, Rand is like a god on Earth, and he's like, if only Matt was here to deal with my wife. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. There's 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 a point in a book where he's where he's just had sex with somebody, and he's like, oh gosh, I wish Matt were here. He'd know what to do. <laughs> oh my god. Do you want Matt there? Right out in the afterglow. <laughs> he does I mean, immediately. I know. <laughs> kind of. Um. Oh, also, man. Rachel, were you kind of blindsided by Nineveh and Lan? No, I don't remember <laughs> what the blindsiding is. <laughs> oh, like I mean, at uh, the very I remember end of being the book. so abrupt. Yeah, that they were like, all of a sudden, we like each other, and like, not just like, but like. Lands out there writing poetry or something like. Oh, I must have. You know, I must have blacked that out because I was just like, "What?" (laughs) Yeah, no, it it just came out of fucking nowhere, and she's all like, "Oh, I should have known you would be a king," and he's just like, "Yes, but you are going to be an Aes Sedai, and wisdoms don't (laughs) marry, but I also can't marry because I don't have a kingdom or some bullshit. I'm the last of my bloodline and I'm doomed to die for my country. Let me, Aragorn, and you're an elf lady and we can never be together. (laughs) Oh, no. Lan is really good at dodging that whole marriage thing. He's, so far at least, I think he's he's really good at it. He's yeah, literally in like a psychic relationship with a magic lady, and he's like, "Hi, teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I am super in love with you." It was super he's... odd to me this time around. I, I, yeah, he's got to be later a lot older, on, right? twice her age. Yeah, yeah he's like thirty-five or something. She's like twenty. 
Uh, yeah, at least. Uh, but like by the end, gosh, I I'll I'll never. They're my favorite couple by the by the end of the series. So, spoiler. No, that's fine. Well, they they never. Let me, I don't know. I say couple like. Uh, it's actually a throuple. Debatable how, how <laughs> that all, that is that is a different relationship. Actually. <laughs> but, uh, oh they, goodness! No, I they, can't think uh, of any actual throuples. Well, there's a force. Oh wait, no, no, yeah, you're right. There's there, a quadruple. There's a there there yeah. is a throuple because there are some uh, some uh, of the Isle practice plural marriage. Very well, like oh, right, Rand yeah. and all his women's. I was look. I was trying to elide over that for the people who hadn't read it yet, I but you've ruined it. You've ruined I said, it. Full spoilers. You've... Well, for this book. So, yes, was Nick. this um. You know, just to just to continue my trend of constantly bringing up Dune, um, as you should, was this inspired by Dune at all? Because like I can't help but with Rand and then, oh man, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, I do. Like the and even Isle... the fact that like at the end of Dune, like he basically has two wives, right? Like, wait, what? Does he? The no, wife he, he wants just... and the wife he has to marry to become emperor. Yeah, in Dune, he, he oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. You're right. Daughter, he, but he already is married. <laughs> he he marries the emperor's daughter, but he keeps the the Johnny as a concubine. Johnny is a concubine, right? right. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, okay. So yeah, in, there's something in Dune there. that's kind of set up by uh, by Paul's father's relationship with his mother, right? In in sure. real time, it's like the the by the end of the book, chains are off. Like you know, <laughs> society was the only thing holding us back. No, you're and right. I mean, it's, now it's, that we're all wizard people, like it's, forget it. <laughs> yeah, it's it. Well, it's is it in this? It's in this book that they meet men in the first place. And doesn't she yeah. like say something like, "He's gonna have three women." Ugh, that's disgusting. Who would he, do that? I think did didn't she literally predict all the children that he eventually has? I think not yet. Not no? yet. Okay. I don't remember that one. He has um, a bunch of kids by the end, so I'm just gonna—I'm just spoiling wow, as much as a lot of yeah, a lot of time I, passes apparently. I don't remember these kids. No, it's like two years, I think. <laughs> I, I don't. Jesus. I don't. How many? I, how many kids can you have in two years? I don't. I think Dan's lying. Well, but when also, you, if in, you try, like that a depends lot, depends on so. how many people you involve in the process. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, no, I think Dan's so, lying. I don't remember this part. Um, I'm not lying. I think you're I, lying. I'm so nope. confused. It happens. No, Rachel, should we write it, it back happens. with something a little more normal? Yes, Can please. you? Okay, yeah. yeah. Not, How about the I'm shape of fucking Tarvalon? <laughs> oh, you mean like it's a teardrop in the river or whatever? Uh, yeah, no? that's that's a very yeah, nice sure. way of putting it. <laughs> sure, we'll call oh, it that. Oh, you mean the river vagina? Yes, the river vagina. Sorry, right, Rachel, I, I lied. It's not normal. Um, <laughs> I don't remember this at all. What is wrong? You have to look at the map. Yeah, yeah I map showed a picture. Long. I showed the map to Doug, and he's just like, that's sexy. And then, he, of course, he has to point to the north gate and be like, oh, that's hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a fucking dummy sometimes. Bye. I uh, love you, baby. Um, the crazy part I'm, is you know that none of that was by accident. No, it can't have been because it's like the mystical island of oops, I just bumped my mic. The mystical island of spooky, scary women, and you know, nobody knows what's going on, and, and it's definitely, flames. yeah, 
100%. Why is this a river of Jezebel? Well, here, did you look in general? There's a. I I know, I said, why? (laughs) Oh, I see. Not why is it, but why is it? Yeah, well, that's that's the (laughs) question. Do I want to look at that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan posted another picture, but this time it blurred out the the, the genitals, <laughs> the islands. That's great. That's Sorry, I'm texting my friends. Uh, Wheel of Time, River of Regina. Oh man, <laughs> perfect. No notes. Not what you're doing. All right. Tell all your yeah. friends about the Wheel of Time's River of Regina. Yeah. So uh, that's true. Did, well, you, here's did you... the, here's why that is. It's because Robert Jordan was a big old perv. I mean. Uh, Okay. He yeah. wrote. He wrote. That's not a secret because he wrote some Civil War like uh, Gone with the Wind ripoffs that I read uh, in college that were very uh, rapey. So oh, good, they're, they're, wonderful. They're they're bad and also just. Like, I disagree. It's it's bad. It's the opposite of wonderful, Katie. I, I don't know why you would like think that. The, <laughs> the spawn of fallen or something like that i don't remember but they were they were any other book i've ever read of robert jordan's it boggles my mind that the wheel of time series is so chaste and like <laughs> vanilla because it's... my dude had some kinks in him you know i, I mean think, i think he wrote them as kids books though well, it's okay. I was looking at the Eye of the World, Eye of the World history, and it was released. Uh, it was re-released a couple years, no, no, twelve years later, as uh, two books aimed at a young adult market. So they clearly thought it had that potential at some point, but I don't think that was its original intent, and it certainly doesn't stay that way. Because no, I'm obscuring a couple names just for um, uh, spoilers' sake, but. There's a couple married characters in the middle to late of the books where there's a whole thing about like, well, she's in charge in public. But by our laws, that means that he's in charge when they're <laughs> not in public. Uh, that That's, yeah. I mean, uh, when he starts talking about what? like... Uh, <laughs> how people's personal relationships are sometimes like date requirements. Uh, it gets real icky. And also like, you know, Rachel kind of talked about it before, but when he gets into like the specifics of how the male and female sides of the magic work, it also is, yeah. kind of, I mean, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, enough that I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh huh. I mean, there's also, I mean, he also minimizes uh, uh, sexual assault against men in the middle books or middle to late books. Mm-hmm. Um, eh, you know, like, yeah, the, the, I'm going to, I agree. The dude had some kinks and I, uh, I think they found their way into the books. I mean, even saying that, I think from, from just sort of like my personal experience, Wheel of Time is still like the 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 lowest on the scale of misogyny and and the sort of you know forgetting of uh, all the horrible things that people do to each other. 
you know, like there are plenty of other fantasy series that came out in the same time, you know, in the nineties that were way, way worse. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, not I... to excuse it, but just to say that like, if if you want to read fantasy in the nineties, like this is the nicest one you can find to I, read. Probably I, Game of Thrones came out six years later. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I, I I'm mostly I was thinking of like is... Terry Goodkind, but yeah. Yeah. Well, we should think of Goodkind as little as possible. But um, yeah. no, I I I agree that this is nicer than many. I wouldn't call this the least misogynist or sexist or whatever, but I I would say this is kind of gentler and less aggressive than a lot of those. Um, I, I might point at the uh, recluse books by L. E. Modesit Jr., which I think were fairly nice, but I would need to go revisit them to really confidently say if they were. Well, you assigned me to read the first one of those and it's, it was also pretty nice, but like still had moments where. Okay. Yeah. I can't, I don't remember as clearly, but but they were not like, it didn't spend a lot of time on like, you know, sexual assault in the way that like, uh, you know, the, the man, the game of Thrones we wouldn't talk about. Well, yeah. Oh, or yeah. But I feel like game of Thrones puts it on front street that like, that's true. There's there's a, there's an attempted child murder in the first couple of chapters. Right. They're like, we're not doing plenty of other series from the nineties. You'll read that. Like, this is about swords and sorcery and mad knights and good good versus evil and then like the main characters will are just the worst oh yeah, yeah. they're but, but, but not self they're heroic yeah yeah i do feel like the correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like the series sort of um gets more mature as the characters grow up and sort of also with the intent of the reader growing up as they read it as the books came out i i think that's partially true i don't know that they um i don't i don't think it makes sense to say it was timed with the reader growing up considering the time span these came across came out over but not like uh, i think the best example of that is honestly like harry potter Potter. yeah for sure but um but it definitely feels like like when i read eye of the world it felt a lot more like a kid series than you know by book six it's very palatable right i mean honestly i think the first three books in the series make a really nice trilogy and you could you could you could put those three together read them and put put it all down and feel pretty satisfied like there's a lot of world building that doesn't come into that quite yet um there are elements that come up in the first uh, three books that clearly aren't like the threads clearly haven't been tied off yet. Um, you start seeing the aisle or aiel um, uh, in book three, I think. And of course that doesn't pay off until the next book at first. Um, but yeah, you could put it down at book three after book three. And I think if you can get to book three and put the series down, like good for you, man. Cause instead for me, I, I then had to read, you know, 10 more books. 11 more books yeah, yeah right oh yeah i know yeah no i this is not going to be a, a new or shocking opinion to anybody but but i thought the first three were great i thought the book four was pretty good and then like then it's just this slow dip where books five and six and seven and eight get progressively slower and more full of chaff 
Um, I, I would, I would agree with that sentiment about the nature of the series, but I think that slow descent happens in book seven. And yeah. I, I, I know. It's, you know? Yeah. I know people who they put, put that, that slope at different places and, you know, I've, I've got mine and you've got yours and one day you'll pay for your uh, <laughs> wrongness. wrongness. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo, bango. Uh, anyway, but I think, I don't know. Do we have any other things to say about the eye of the world? I mean, I'm continuing. It might seem like I'm not enjoying my life, but I'm continuing. <laughs> Well, I mean, you got you found yourself tied up with some people who are going to you're going to read along with people. So that's uh, I will be interested to hear if you decide it's no longer worth it to read along. Do you want to take some bets? No. Okay. wait, maybe (laughs) I think you'll force yourself to do it, whether you're having fun or not. I read all of Malazan. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You have a track record. No, but I want to hear if there's if there's a point where either you say it's not worth it and you throw in the towel or where you uh, where just where your suffering exceeds your your profit from it. But you keep doing it anyway. I want to learn about that, that inflection point. That's true. Um, and if you want to read along with us, too, you can. Um, and it's hosted by Sandra from Got a Thing, Got a Thing for Things. Um, give her some love. But no, I will. I'm never reading this series again. No, I'm, Is that I'm a not podcast talking to you. Or a, or a YouTube a U- thing or YouTube. YouTube. Okay. They're doing live shows for each book and it's bi monthly. Don't don't make me read the series again, Rachel. Please don't don't I do mean, it, Dan. Don't do you, it. You, you I, can you, uh, next month. You have to read book two. It's already in my Audible account. Don't so. don't do it, Dan. Run. <laughs> or you can reread Cradle. Pick your poison. I just did or, that. Or read something new, Dan. I thought about doing that today. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Anyway, uh, I think. But but I do I do want to like come back and say uh, as I feel like I was. We talked a lot about what we didn't like about the series and the and uh, the eye of the world, but I do think like the world building is top notch. You know, as I mm-hmm. think. I think if he had stuck with the level of um, knowledge and interest in his like magic system that he has in this one, like, you know, it's pretty um, soft, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Moraine can like turn to a giant, you know, things, things happen as they need to, as the story, as the series goes on, it becomes, he puts, he attaches rules to it, you know, describes it as a system. Yeah. Um, and I, and you know like that's enjoyable, but I think it hymns in the novel as it goes or the series as it goes further. Um, all the like monsters and stuff I think are really cool, and um, you, you know as the series goes on, he adds more like weird creatures mm-hmm. and stuff, and um, you know, I, I I think that's what keeps bringing me back to the series is how inventive the world is and there are so many point of view characters that, you know, I have my favorites. And so as think as long as you can kind of latch on to like one or two of those primary point of view characters, like whichever the gang of five, you know, you find that you really fall in love with, 
um, that that can be enough to get you through the series, I think. As long as you do that, you can get through the chapters with Perrin. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know people personally who have read the series by skipping Perrin chapters entirely. Right. I, I thought you were going to say and still enjoyed themselves. So. I thought you were going to say, you know, people personally whose favorite character and sections are Perrin. And I was going to say, like, I don't believe you. I mean, in this book, I did like him a lot because he had wolf powers. Yeah, no, he's likable in this book. But just wait. So here's my one bad opinion is that I'm a parent person. I do prefer parent to Matt. Almost like parent when I read the first four books, too. Uh, he's just like a reliable person, you know, and I think like more closely uh, reflects me as a person than any of the other characters. Like I'm not a throw caution to the wind type of fellow like Matt, uh, right. you know, I prefer plans and instructions to things. Uh, and I like women to yell at me, you know, that's what, that's what Whoa. Aaron is. <laughs> okay. So you, you, you fit in very well in the world of, of the wheel of time. Uh, I'm from an older generation, you you might say. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was just gonna say with okay. with that we can. Uh, I think we have some announcements. <laughs> we'll just end there. Well, okay. I we do have a couple announcements. Does anyone have anything to add to this discussion of the Eye of the World by Robert Jordan, released in 1990? Very good year. <laughs> <laughs> That's the person uh, who wasn't born in 1990. The way you said that reminded me of the 1994 Saturday morning cartoon Gargoyles. <laughs> also a very Wait, good I... year. Okay, so uh, we would like to thank... Angie! Thank you. I was rechecking it so I didn't get it wrong. We would like to thank Angie for sending us photos of her bookshelves and her currently reading shelf. Um, which, as it happened when she sent this uh, two, almost two months ago, uh, it included the Eye of the World. So, uh, yeah, hopefully she'll like our recording about it. Um, and again, thank you, Angie, for sending us pictures of your bookshelves. We love them. We love books, and we want to see them, even if we can't touch them. She I had mean, such a good selection. Like a lot of them were ones that we either have done or are in, well, in the books, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, looking at it, here's the Hunger Games, Jade City, Assassin's Apprentice, uh, the Golden Compass, uh, the Kama Sutra. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I made that one up. <laughs> there, there, there is, there is one of, there is a tarot book. Um, and there, there is a book on tarot. I think oh, it's yeah. a holistic tarot. Anyway, and uh, and uh, a wise man's fear, and Station Eleven, which is great. Anyway, so like, good for her. Thank you very much. Uh, she sent it to us on our Discord, Too Many Thoughts Media Discord, which you can join and you can send us that thing that we said, your bookshelves. And if you do, we will also thank you on the podcast. Next time we record, which, which may is be, now, which may be months in the future. 
<laughs> yes. Although at the moment, our next recording is not months in the future. It is less, less than, than months. A... <laughs> um, yeah. And you can also yell at us on the Discord. We might That's respond. right. You can say really mean things and make us cry, or you can say nice really things. nice things. Say really and nice things. And also make me cry, but for different <laughs> different kind of cry. Our next book will be Skin Skinwalker. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? You, Skinwalker. You picked it, didn't you? Yeah, but yes. I keep I keep forgetting the title because the author's name I think is Faith Hunter. And, it is. And I keep seeing that, and that is also just sounds like a super generic title for a supernatural paranormal book faith hunter <laughs> look it's faith hunter maybe you the know? author's name is skinwalker and... <laughs> right see so you understand my <laughs> dilemma but no it's skinwalker by faith hunter um is it and... luke skinwalker <laughs> oh oh man that would be a different star wars and now i want to see it right that's on, wanna... that's on that's on the illicit websites Oh, oh I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking about some kind of weird Star Wars where all the technology was like bioorganic. It was like like Flesh Star base. Wars. Yeah, Star Wars by, by Cronenberg. Oh no. What is what is this episode? <laughs> We're having fun on a Wednesday night. That's what this is. That's right. Um, We're hanging out with our buds talking about books. Yeah. And anyway, uh, so I think those are our announcements. We grit it. We grit it. So um, let's let's outroduce ourselves. Um, I was Peter Schaefer. Uh, I'm a writer and game designer. You can find my stuff at paschaefer.com or shoelesspetegames.com. I have a role playing game called The Well, which is tons of fun. Go check it out. It's not D and D one. So. It's it's not it's not one D and D or whatever. You don't have to use the OG OGL one point one or one point two, <laughs> blah blah blah. None of that hullabaloo is involved in my game. Um, so Hi. you can you can toss me a few bucks and stick it to the man. Um, and if you come over to the Too Many Thoughts Media Discord and ask me nicely, I'll probably run a remote game for you because I'm just a softy like that. Who's next? Rachel, tell them what you are. Uh, not human. Oh, shit. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Rachel. You can find me on the medias um, at Argent Rape. Um, I think we're wrapping up the end of the Spiffbo Cassidy version, where I and nine of my friends read all the Spiffbo finalists and rated them as objectively as possible. Did I do that objectively? Who knows? I tried. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yep, it was a good old phone time, and go read some indies. Sweet. Daniel Evanson. Hi, it's me, Dan Evanson, here to tell you objectivity is an illusion and you shouldn't uh, strive too hard for it. Uh, you can but see me. Carvalon uh, is objectively a vagina, though. Uh, yes, that is 100% true. Yeah. Yeah. Visually, it's not, it's not a trick. It's just right nope. there on the page. Yep. Black and white. You got to wonder, he paid an artist to do that, probably. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Somebody took money for that. You can find my stuff at Uh 
you can also find uh, my new collection of short stories written by me and a bunch of other cool authors uh, in the world of Juno, um, uh, available now wherever you buy books, uh, World of Juno. Uh, you can also check out where the world was built for the World of Juno at worldofjuno.com. Fantastic. Nick! Hey. Uh, you can check out the other podcasts that I do on our website, toomanythoughtsmedia.com. Uh, gosh, what month is it? Uh, we got probably March of the documentaries. I think we're doing documentaries this month. That sounds about right on why is this a thing. So go ahead and check that out. Sweet. And last, but actually best, Katie, tell them what they've won. Certified best. You win a completely objective thingy that says I'm the best. That's right. <laughs> no, you can find my bookstore um, online at griffinsroostbt.com. And you can maybe find me on Twitter at shimmybook, where I tweet if I remember I have it. Woo. All and right. That's pretty much it. So uh, that's... Yeah, if you're, if you're feeling nice, you can go give us a, a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify, and we'll read it aloud on the podcast. And, and please don't underestimate how much that really means to us or how much that really helps the show. It's actually a yeah. really cool. <laughs> I, apparently it is, and I'm bad at asking for it. So, yes, please give us a good review. Share us with your friends. Uh, slip. Yeah, just pass us around. If you yeah. hear our voice, if you hear our voice in the world, uh, hit us in the head with a book. Oh goodness! I, well, I don't volunteer for that. I mean, just put it in my hands, please. I don't yes. need to be hit with it. No, but no, just book if you come up and say, "Here is a book that I hit Rachel in the head with," I will say, "Aha! You're a loyal listener." Yeah, you can find me in the wilds of the world. That's right. She's not in Alaska, so there's your clue. Uh, all right, I think we're actually done for reals this time, and uh, thanks so much for listening to us jibber and jabber about books and fantasy and genres and etc. And uh, as always, keep reading. <laughs> <laughs>